Welcome to Methods, a podcast from the ESRC National Centre for Research Methods. In today's episode, Dr Wendy Martin from Brunel University London talks about using photography to research the everyday lives of people in mid to later life. Well, the interesting thing about our daily lives is that they are so habitual, so routinised, so taken for granted. We don't think about them. So, for example, if you're going to work in the morning, you'll probably get up, you'll, you'll have your breakfast, you'll get to work. And if you ask, well, what did you do? It'd be very hard to go back through that process and say, well, what did I do this morning? What were all the different activities I did and then what order did I do them in? And so if something is so habitual, so routinized, it becomes a methodological question. How do we get to know what is so taken for granted and so habitual? And the purpose of this project was in part methodological. It was a question, would photography and the use of photography which we use as visual diaries, would they enable us to have more insights into daily life? So you chose to work with people in their mid to older life. Why was that? And and tell us a bit about that that side of the project. It's it's argued that the the taken for grantedness or the habitualness of routines of daily life change as people grow older. So, for example, people may have more bereavements, they may get divorced, they may retire or change their work or whatever, and their health, of course. There are much more changes in their life that become much more heightened. So that was the kind of theoretical argument around daily life. Are older people experiencing daily life in a different way and and becoming more aware of of their daily lives or, or they're becoming more disrupted? more disrupted daily lives. And what aspect of the sort of visual methods did you want to look at specifically? We had the idea of using visual methods using photography and there were two parts of the research design. The first part was we gave people a digital camera um, uh, for one week and we asked them to take pictures of their daily life. So we didn't limit them on numbers or, or anything and we obviously gave them instructions what, what you can't photograph, for example, you know, children in parks, for example, think, you know, anything like that. So we gave them some instructions and we asked them to take photographs of their, their daily life for one week. So the participants were left with a camera and um, at the end of the week we'd go back, we'd upload the photographs onto a laptop and then the participant would take us through the photographs. So we had two lots of data. We had the, the visual data, the photographs, and we had four and a half thousand nearly, and we had the 52 interviews um, uh, as well. So tell us a bit about some of the, the reflections that the participants shared with you, both in terms of what they photographed mm-hmm. and, and why, and their experiences of using mm-hmm. the cameras in this way. They found it quite enjoyable. They, they found it quite an interesting, different type of thing. They, didn't, they felt that if they were asked to write a diary, that would felt more challenging. Taking a photograph seemed much more fun, for a better use of a word. So they, they actually find it enjoyable and not too intrusive. I mean, obviously, when we analysed, it was quite interesting that, you know, for example, people at work would be less likely to take photographs at work um, and more at home or in social situations. When we went back and went through the photographs, they could choose to delete photographs. And at that point, we also agreed copyright with them. So, for example, copyright would come to us as researchers, but they could then just give us permissions around the photography about what we could publish and also what they just wanted us to analyse. So, for example, lots of pictures of grandchildren, they were happy for us to analyse but not to to publish. On the whole, people liked it. They liked the cameras and they liked the process. They enjoyed it. So talk us through a little bit about how you went about analysing the photographs. When we finished the project and we had the four and a half thousand images and 
we had the 52 interviews, we had a huge amount of data. This is the first thing that we realised. Quite early on the project, we decided to, to maybe put them out in the seven days, whichever seven days we were, so say Monday to Sunday, putting the pictures into like a, a Word document or a diary where we had the morning, we had the afternoon and the evening, and all the photographs that were taken at different times. So then we then had 104 documents. That meant it was more manageable, but that meant we could still code all the individual photographs and we could still link it to, to the text. What was interesting from that is the absences, you know, more photographs were taken in the morning, there would be, a, you know, in the first few days more photographs, it might go down less and then towards the end it would increase again. So there were some real patterns of about photography and how, uh, uh, how they were taken at different times of day, but also in terms of spatial things. So tell us a bit about the, um, the sorts of themes, the sort of things that were most prominent amongst the photographs that people took, what things emerged. The first one was time and routine. So something around the cer certain routines um, and, and times that things happen. So for example, in the morning, there'd be lots of cups of tea or, or coffee, but and that would probably be the same every day. So there were certain routines that would happen every day. There's some routines that would happen weekly, some, some less often monthly. So time and routines was quite significant. The other one was around public and private space. So people would take photographs in their home or in their, their, their private space and also in the public space, but also would be moving between public and private space on public transport. You know, the idea of space is much more nuanced. There's parts of the home which you invite people into and for parts that are private. So these are much more nuanced about you know, what people would photograph and, and what was shown. Another one was around health risk in the body. So the, a lot of images of health, you know, for example, people taking tablets, people doing exercise or um, dieting and the portrayal of healthy or less healthy um, type of lifestyles and their images of them. And they're also around the body. People wanted to be seen as active, active ages. So the, it's a portrayal, it's a representation of self. Um, a theme around work, volunteering and leisure. This would make a difference to people's routines around paid work, unpaid work. And the leisure time that people had was also quite central. And one of the key emergent themes, I think, which was really interesting, was around connectivity and relationships. So that there's always been this idea that people, there's been a digital divide. And what was particularly interesting is during the project, the iPad came out, and it was definitely obvious that there, were the, there was an increasing use of digital te technologies and they were immersed in people's daily lives and they were used for a purpose. But people would use these for a purpose but they were actively using them and they were actively involving them in, ter in, ter in ter terms of their daily life. Which is quite interesting because most of the research previously had shown that it was very passive idea that people took use digital technologies in mid to later life. So that was a really key one. From a methods perspective, what, what, what would you say you learned? So the positive things were that people enjoyed it, it was collaborative, important insights, it enabled people to, to see some of, the some of the things which is very difficult to elicit in other type of research. So for example, the bins, the, the hidden part, you know, the, 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 the dirt and the mess. Interestingly, people felt uncomfortable often and often people would take a picture after they'd done the cleaning, for example. This is me, I've just done the ironing. But, you know, it didn't enable us to have different, different insights into daily lives into people's into their routines into how space was used for example in terms of um, thinking about methodological issues that came up there's probably two 
two key issues. One is around representation. What does a visual image mean? Someone took the photograph of, of a, a Tesco carrier bag. So you'd probably say been shopping or whatever. But when, when we were in the interview, she was saying, oh, what's that there? Oh, that's right. I remember I, I bought those biscuits and I'd forgotten yesterday. I hadn't taken a picture of shopping. So I put them back in the bag <laughs> and, and, and that's it. So I think it's important to have the interviews as well as the images as well. And the second thing we learnt was um, that visual diaries are very particular ways of representing the self and identity in daily daily routines. So that you know, to, you know, in answer to the question, how much did we capture dailiness? Is, is that people did realise that? Oh, I, I haven't taken as many photographs of the washing, filling up the dishwasher because it's too mundane. We really challenge these very stereotypical, very positive, negative images of growing older. These images were of daily life. And people, particularly when they looked at the um, exhibition that we did following it, it's people would say, well, they could be anybody, could be any age. So they kind of challenged some of the stereotypes around routines. So I think that, that was really important as well. And really did show what, what people do on a daily basis, which is, has been really fascinating. You mentioned the exhibition there. It was one of the rather wonderful outputs mm. of, the, of the study was the fact that many of the photographs were then used uh, in an exhibition. Uh, tell us a bit about that. Immediately the project finished as we were still, you know, on, on sort of the last, last day of when the project were, uh, of our funding as such, is we had this photographic exhibition. So we, and the first one was at Brunel University, London. And we worked with an artist and we created this space where we, we use photographs and we created mosaics and we created digital displays and we created a space that reflected daily life. So for example, lots of photographs were of, of gardens and washing lines. So we, we put up on the walls these washing lines of photographs of all the outside <laughs> with some plants. We created an area that was a lounge area where you know lots of photo albums and different in, in frames so, it's so, people could, so people could really be immersed in it. They could sit, sit in the exhibition and touch things and feel things. And we had different displays of different, some of the different themes and these mosaics. Um, which, you know, when you look at them from a distance, they look like one big picture, but they're actually made up of lots of very small different pictures. And that was quite important because we invited all our participants back. So during that day, we had talks in the morning from, from the researchers, from our advisory group, the SSC advisory group that we had, and from our participants who had a panel. It worked really well. We've since taken it to the British Sociological Association, just parts of it, because obviously you can't move everything and it depends on the space you have. We've um, taken it to the British Society of Gerontology and, and exhibited it there. We've taken it to the British Library. They had a public em engagement day and we took parts of it. We had an ESSC Festival of Social Science in Uxbridge Library and then through the week we had digital drop-in times for people to come in with digital issues. We had meet the researcher times, we had coffee mornings, we had a week of events and then they were so happy with it they, they kept, we kept it up till February so it was up there. So, and I really like that because people were wandering through the library not knowing that this was there and they would look at pictures and saying well that's just like daily life because you don't often see daily life portrayed as art. So, so not only were we you know, having social science data that we, we were disseminating by the arts and humanities, people were engaging with it and reflecting on their own daily lives. So people came to it and reflected on their own daily lives. And at the moment, it's up at Brunel University for our 50th. It's part of the Discovery Chain for our 50th celebrations. And it's up right up until um, 2017. So just part of it is there. So if anyone really wants to come to Brunel, you're very welcome to come and have a little look at the exhibition. But I think it's been a real success is because People do react to it because it is about our lives, it's about our everydayness.
Wendy Martin was talking to Chris Garrington following her presentation at the Research Methods Festival 2016 on the use of visual diaries to elicit insights into everyday life. You can find out more on the NCRM website at www.ncrm.ac.uk.